Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back again to yet another episode of You Haven't Seen That Podcast, or YHST for short. I'm Isaac. I'm Alva. And this is a show where we cover movies on that growing list that we just haven't seen that have people asking us the question. You, you haven't, haven't seen, seen that? that? Oh, smooth credit. Ding. I have a ding sound effect. Oh, God. Toot my own horn, will you? Sorry, I'm I'm still like uh, exhilarated and amped up from the race that we just watched. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. I'm not putting another caveat, another note or whatever side thing on Ari meowing. If, he, if, if the mic's picked it up, picked it up. But if not, I'm cutting all this shit out. But can we talk about the race real quick? Verstappen takes lead. Norris comes in second. I'm more impressed about the Checo and uh, Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso and and uh, and Checo Perez fighting for third. That was a close ass race. That was close. I am, I am amped up, and even though that was like a few hours ago, I'm still fucking amped from that race. But this podcast is not an F1. But podcast. check, yeah, check that one out. E F F W O N with Dak Shepard. It's F1 with DRS. Is it the whole title? Yeah. My bad. I only listened to one or two episodes, but it's fun to check out. But this is not that podcast. This is a movie podcast. Last few weeks, we we went we went one over and we did all of the Halloween as much as we yes. can get, right? Spooky. Now we have to pull out of it, but we're not. We're gonna we're gonna. It's gonna be a nice. Uh, what I'm trying to say. We're gonna do a complete 180 instead of serious spooky stuff. We're doing funny. Funny. In fact, I didn't know that you hadn't seen our next movie which is Kingpin. That's right. 1996's Kingpin, starring Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, Bill Murray, and Vanessa Angel. You know who else was in it? Who? Lynn Shay. No way. Yeah. Well, you don't even remember who Lynn Shay is. She was in Insidious. She's Elise. She's Elise. Yeah. So we're having this little thing where, like, people, that movies that we cover, there's people cross-starring in him and i love her as a landlady it's creepy as a landlady for sure so i have seen this movie but you my dear have not seen this movie I have why not. have you not seen this movie i pourquoi pourquoi i don't know uh I think may i just... remind you that you're under oath uh no i'm not play the fifth <laughs> play the fifth why haven't you seen this movie dear didn't know it existed i didn't know it existed are you a comedy fan are you a comedy movie fan I like comedy movies. Or specifically, movies. are you a Fairly Brothers fan? Uh, I don't think I've seen enough. Well, let me let me enlighten you. So the Fairly Brothers, uh, for those who listen to the show, I am pretty sure you know the Fairly Brothers because they did movies like Dumb and Dumber, Something About Mary, Me, Myself, and Irene, just to name a few. And that is like their golden era. So this movie came out in 1996. Specifically, it dropped on July 4th of 1996. That's just a few years, two years after Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I've seen Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I should hope so. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, Bob and Peter Fairley, they made this movie. And I'm going to tell you something about it after we close out, after we hit the end credits. Okay. Uh, because as much as I love it, or people who love the Fairley Brothers love it, not a lot of people originally liked it, but we'll get into that later. Ooh, uh, okay. But a little something about this movie is the budget of this one is $25 million. Oh. Yeah. But it only made $32.2 million. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. Indeed. So it would be deemed a cult classic. I did read that uh, once it did a hit, I guess back then with the VHS. Yeah, once it yeah. hit tape, yeah. Yeah. 
it made more than the movies in the theaters. I also think uh, they, the fairly is they. I saw that they kind of blamed it on the the Olympics was were happening at the same time. Yeah. Think excuses. Yeah, maybe. Well, the Olympics, like that was there was really not much to watch back then, and so the Olympics were a big event. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll give them. I'll give them that. At this time, you have heavy hitter actors. Woody Harrelson at Ooh. this point, who plays Roy Munson, mm-hmm. he had already done Cheers. Okay. And he had done White Man Can Jump, Indecent Proposal. Natural Born Killers, um, just to name a few, but you know, around that time. So he he has done kind of some comedy, but is has also done some heavy drama. So to do like a Fairly Brothers movie is is a kind of fun mix of the in-between. Cause the one thing I noticed in this movie is that it was it was well acted. The comedy wasn't overly done. It wasn't super tongue-in-cheek, even though it's a Fairly's brother movie, which like mm-hmm. uh borders that line of cartoonish like impossible impossible yeah. happenings and and like some good heart of the of the movie even though the synopsis of the movie is uh a washed up bowler with a hook hand <laughs> takes on this this quote unquote kid the hook hand <laughs> yeah this one quote unquote not polish um amish <laughs> amish kid uh who is played by Randy <laughs> Quaid who's what uh, 11 years older than Woody Harrelson. <laughs> so throughout the entire movie, they keep referring to him as as kid. Yeah, ah, the kid. The kid really loves you. And he's like so old. But it that adds to the, the comedy of it. This whatever, six foot, I don't know, three, four tall dude <laughs> in his mid 40s. And speaking of him, Randy Quaid, uh, who plays Ishmael, he at this point had already done some of the National Lampoon vacation movies. Uh, um, this movie also came out around the same time as Independence Day. Ooh, yeah. okay. And I totally forgot that he uh, he did a season, or I don't know, actually don't know how many seasons, but he was on Saturday Night Live. So interesting. Yeah, good acting chops, and he does this this amazing thing as his character of maintaining being like a really sweet and good hearted, uh, uh, doe eyed, boyish, middle aged <laughs> Amish guy, and at the same time, such good physical comedy from him. At least that was my takeaway. It was. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> and then, of course, Bill Murray as sort of one of the villains. What a sleazebag. The character of Big Earn. But I don't know if you knew this. Jim Carrey was the first choice by the Farley Brothers. Farley Brothers. Oh. To play Big Earn. Oh. I don't know exactly why they didn't choose him. But in the end, Bill Murray, who's always known for improvising his lines. Mm-hmm knocked it out of the park and there is not a moment when bill murray is on screen and i i wish we had more of him on screen that it wasn't absolutely hilarious it wasn't perfectly acted or it wasn't perfectly comical i mean you know again let's go down his roster or let's go down his filmography he is an snl alumni he had done caddyshack at the time ghostbusters one and two he did stripes he did what about bob Groundhog's Day, he has his acting chops. He's a big hitter. And this is around the time where he starts slowly stepping away from comedies Mm -hmm. and starts moving towards like, you know, Wes Anderson started to use him in most of the stuff. Yeah, he's really good there. And so I'm glad that we got him in this movie because there's not, like I said, not a moment where I didn't love hating the character of Mm -hmm. Big Earn. And then rounding it all off, Vanessa Angel plays Claudia, uh, she was known for uh, like some bit parts in shows in the 90s, but 
uh, I guess one of her bigger credits is playing uh, Lisa in the show Weird Science in the 90s. Oh. Never watched it. Never watched it. Yeah, I know. But she was gorgeous. She was an an English actor. So enough of my babbling. That's what I know about the movie. What do you know about this movie? What did you know about it before going into it? Uh, So I had the total opposite of what it was and told me, (laughs) what's comedy? Uh Like, okay, bowling, I'm in. And as far as comedy, what kind of comedy did you think that it was going to be? Did you know this movie was in the 90s? I, I imagine no uh, no i was just like i don't even know when this movie came out yeah did it surprise you at some moments how tongue-in-cheek how slapstick how punny and yeah innuendo like that was the other thing is i miss comedy like this but as much as i love the fairly brothers and all of their comedy and them sort of like changing comedy movies they, again they had done a, a bunch more stuff like after this but there was just like this mid 90 early 90 mid 90 era of this type of comedy where it could only exist in this decade because after me myself and irene some of the other stuff that had came out like stuck on you and and i can't name some other ones but it it was starting to go you know starting to kind of like okay we have to either be more pc or it just it just isn't landing Mm -hmm. in today's society and i but I, i i miss back then but i'm glad that we at least got this movie because fucking funny it's it's on the top it's on the list of like top most loved uh comedy movies and do you think rightfully so after seeing it yeah my answer is yeah so excited (laughs) hi this is uh yhst after dark want to get into it yeah let's get into it so the movie opens up in the lovely little town of ocelot iowa in 1969 at the munson service center and there you see Little young Roy Munson, uh, he's asking his dad, hey, Dad, can we, can we have a game before supper? And you're like, oh, he's, this kid's going to play catch. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and, and this, this, I love these types of jokes. There's different types of jokes throughout the entire movie. One of them is like subverting your expectation. You know, you don't see it coming, and then it just happens. So then you, you pan out, and instead of playing baseball or catch, he's bowling <laughs> at this like outdoor you know, homemade, almost looks like a bocce ball kind of... Uh, Backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and his dad's, like, complimenting about how, how good he is. And he's telling him, telling him that, you know, just whatever happens, be a decent, moral, good man. And then we cut to 1979. And it's after he he wins the uh, the state amateur championship. And everyone's celebrating him. You know, he's like a town hero. Mm-hmm. He has the world in front of him at his fingertips. Literally, because he's a bowler. <laughs> a good opening yeah. song, too. Great hair, too, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. And everybody freaking loves him. And and so he's kind of like putting on an exhibition, whatever. I, th- I think at that point, did he win $1,500? No, that was after, right? And uh, he celebrates by like, you know, rolling one down the down the lane. And it does this impossible thing that could only exist in comedies, which is like the ball, <laughs> the ball stops and he drops down in the splits and the ball continues going. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Some of, so many of these things are just so dumb, but it's like well executed and you fucking can't help but having a giggle, a chuckle, a laugh. <laughs> and his dad is in the crowd and he's just so proud of him and he's super supportive. I wish my dad was like that. <laughs> and uh, and he he gives him uh, his pocket watch, but he said it it's never wor- it hasn't worked in years. 
and then we cut to uh bill murray our first introduction to big urn to Ern was it ernie mccracken mm-hmm. big urn mccracken and big urn bill murray has this like wonderful perm oh. i hear perms are coming back do you think i should get one no you should not get because in a few years i'm gonna look like big urn at the very end of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> come over <laughs> flopping the, over the big old <laughs> flop on the side the hair Pumps in this movie out. the hair in this movie like should play its own characters from from Ishmael's hair his like oh dutch God. haircut <laughs> to to Woody Harrelson's like terrible comb over oh my God. And, and Bill Murray's oh it's so disgusting nothing against male pattern baldness but you know get rid of it man shave it what do you think shave it but yeah. he did he did um shave his head and grow like the comb over did he really do that yeah i was wondering that towards the end of the movie where you get a good view of the back of Mm -hmm. bill murray's head and i was like there's these head wrinkles like that's that type of detail that if they put a prosthetic on Mm -hmm. i was like that's a good job or is it just it's his hair it's his because uh throughout the whole movie i was like that is not a bald cap with like some hair flopped over wait is it actually his hair yeah it's his hair he he... (laughs) so that's why it looked real when it it, like flopped and moved around instead of it just being like kind of stiff this is a bit of a um a little bit of a tangent and then we'll get right back to the story it you always hear about like oh so-and-so was supposed to be cast for this role in that movie but all these other circumstances happen why they didn't get it or why they were denied it whatever right Mm -hmm. and and i do wish we lived in a world of like what if marvel's what if or if you like futurama the what if machine yeah because I want, I want to see what that performance, what that movie would have been like if Jim Carrey were the lead. Ooh, I would, I would love to see if it was Jim Carrey and Chris Farley, because Chris Farley was supposed to be Ishmael. That's right, Chris. Oh, what if in a world where we didn't get the original this cast, instead we got Chris Farley as Ishmael, Jim Carrey as Big Earn, and do you know who was uh, tapped to possibly play Roy? Who? Michael Keaton. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop. Would have been a uh, very different movie. They would, but, but they all, you know, have yeah. done comedy, so it's. I think it still would have been good. It would have been a different movie, though. I think it was good this way. Yeah, yeah. But just a what if machine. Anyways, let's get back to the movie. Get back on track. So, like I said, we're introduced to Bill Murray and his wonderful perm, but he's narrating at the Odor Eaters champ. It all comes down to this role, Roy Munson, a man child with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Hey, do you mind? I wasn't talking when you were bowling. And Roy beats him. But right from the get-go, you realize that Big Earn is nothing short of a sleazeball. And Bill Murray he has plays. plays a sleazeball or a scumbag so fucking well. And there's never a moment with any scenes with Big Earn, Big Earn McCracken, that there's ever a redeeming quality about him. He sucks through and through. He's a dick. He's an asshole. He's a scumbag, a dirtbag, constantly. Close of the lows. But you kind of love to hate him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the few characters that I love to hate. The only three characters that hate him are Claudia, Roy, and Ish. Everyone else sees this, like, charming dude. 
Oh yeah, with the be for some reason they they see him with the beautiful hair and oh. Hey, sometimes if you have enough confidence and personality, it goes past your bowler's gut and your male pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. I had such a good laugh when it cut to later. Roy, uh, his engine had blown out, so he's at the mechanics, and and the mechanics like, no, no, yeah, your engine, it's uh, it's blown. Sugar in your tank. Yeah, it's sugar in your tank, and look, taste it, taste it. He's tasting the oil and makes him taste it. <laughs> just a simple, like, good little gag. Yeah, and then uh, was a bigger and pulls up. Yeah, and he, again, just constant sleaze ball, but taking advantage of young Woody Harrelson. He's like naive. Of Roy, yeah, he's yeah. Like, again, super naive, and and I love the way that Woody Harrelson plays young Roy mm-hmm. because of that like contrast of later when he's just a complete dirtbag almost almost as bad as as Big Earn because mm-hmm. he is later on he's scamming his way through life oh yeah and this movie is so quotable when they're when uh, Roy and Big Earn at the diner and Big Earn's offering him like how to make some money on the side stuff because that engine blowout cost him two thousand dollars and he's, and he's, he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough, and he's trying to make it through like the the professional championships. Like, yeah, he wants state, and he has yeah. a ring, but you know he has to make his way through. It seemed like he was traveling to all yeah. these. Yeah. So he offered him a, an opportunity and supplemental income. Hmm. Interested. Interested. <laughs> like I said, this movie's quotable as hell. That line that he tells the waitress. Do me a favor, will you? Do you mind washing off that perfume before you come back to our table? Like what? Is, what a shitbag line! And if if that's actually like a, an improvised line, creme de la creme. Oof. Again, inside baseball, like I take so much, so many notes, and I highlight my stuff and my quotes. I have them like green highlighted. I have so many lines of green because it's just a very, very quotable movie. When I was doing my research earlier, it, it was just this entire whatever, however many pages of like quotes from Kingpin. Oh yeah, I saw you just scribbling down. Oh, I'm just like, okay. so good. And to add to the scumbagness of Big Earn, he flirts with everyone. Hi. Hello. Not you. Hi. Hi. Oh, lady right yeah. there. She's like, ooh. <laughs> like the, the older lady. So now we're at a bowling alley at night, and now they're going to run a scam, but Roy is so innocent. He doesn't want to, so he's sort of dragging his feet about it, and Big Earn, being a dick and a manipulative son of a bitch, Manages to convince him, and he's like, "Good, mm-hmm. good, good, I'm flip flopping." Yeah, good flip flop. And so they pose as dictionary salesmen, and they're flashing their money. What do they have? Like fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah, right. The fifteen hundred dollars from yeah. from the uh, the odor eaters thing, and and part of the scam is they're supposed to seem like they're they have got a bonus, and they and Roy he wants to bowl for some money. He wants to play some money games. He's a gambler. He's a he's yeah. a gambler. And Bill Murray, Big Earn, has this terrible like southern accent and is telling him he's telling him no you shouldn't no you shouldn't let's just have like six or seven drinks and get out of here and of course they're not drinking and so they come so the bartender tells them to come back and they, they're playing a, a money game with a bunch of other people one of which is like a priest and the priest tells him well you guys gotta forgive me you see falling for money it's my only vice and then uh, the waitress comes and brings him his whiskey and he slaps her on the ass here's your drink oh thanks sugar Okay, two vices. That's still very good. (laughs) (laughs) But they're losing, right? They're losing on purpose as scams go. And their last frame, Roy has a six, seven, ten split. Uh. It's it's as difficult 
or maybe just a little less difficult than like the seven ten split. Like it's fucking hard to do. And by the way, the thing about the bowlers is Woody Harrelson is a terrible bowler. Oh yes, I got another fun fact for you right there. Yeah, they actually had to have a stand-in for him for all those bowling scenes. Really? Yeah, that that's how bad he was. Because he he only got like actually like two strikes out of the whole filming process. Yeah, and then later on, spoiler alert, later on when Bill Murray is is competing against him. He has to uh, bowl three in a row and actually got three strikes in a row. Yeah. That's impressive. I love when Bill Murray plays that type of person who's like kind of sarcastic and like, oh, no, yeah, is that what you want to do? Okay, fine. Blow your money. You could have gotten a a Camaro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fine. You know what? I'm not going to sit here and watch you do this. You want to bet on this six, seven, ten split? That's impossible. You know what? Let's bet. Let's bet all your money on it. And then the priest are like, yeah, 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 I'm good for it. I'm good for it. And of course, Roy bowls that shit, knocks it out of the park, wins all the money. And they're back in the car and they're tossing the money in the back seat. And Roy sees the sugar. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sort of implies that Bill Murray put the sugar in the tank. What do you have sugar for, Mr. McCracken? Didn't I tell you to call me Ernie? Or Big Urn. <laughs> it's my morning coffee. Get out of the car, wise guy. Smash the back of the window, and Big Urn says, well, it comes a time in every bowler's life that they got to face the music, and they kind of make to get out of the car. And that bowler is you, right? And then fucking leaves him. Now, this is part of the movie where it kind of gets dark, but you can't, you have to tell this story in order to tell the rest of the story. They carry Roy off, this, like, sweet, sweet boy, and they yeah. fucking th- put his hand in a ball return. Oh, God. I thought they were just going to, like... Beat him up? Yeah, just... Oh, so you get, okay, so yeah. you knew nothing about yeah. this movie. You didn't know that was going to happen. I don't know nothing. What I, was your reaction about that? I was like, whoa, that's intense. Uh, uh, I was it like, felt dark? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was like, okay, well, I mean, he, you got to pay the price. What also sold it, too, is Woody Harrelson's a good actor. The, the scene call for him to be scared, I was convinced. And I was like, ooh, this was a little uh, a little more gangster <laughs> than I remember it. I was like, all right, keep it. Because, by the way, this. like, I hadn't seen this in, jeez, I don't know, a decade and some change. It's been a minute. That's why I like doing these episodes where I've seen these movies before and you haven't. Ooh, so, yeah. You know, I get to sort of observe it again. For most of them anyways. Also, are uh, ball returns kind of known for cutting people's hands off? I don't know. Because <laughs> I remember watching this movie as a kid, and we used to go bowling as a family. It made me afraid of putting my hand anywhere near the ball return. Not that uh, you should have your hand anywhere near the ball return, but even as an adult today, if we go bowling, I'm like, no, no. that I'm good. That ball return is going yeah. to yank my anchor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a comedy, and the Fairleys do a good job of immediately relieving the tension, and it immediately cuts to... A wood chipper, implying oh, he, yeah. he lost yeah. his hand. And then we get another time jump, and it's 17 years later, and we're in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We're in the present now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, 17 years later, we're in the movie's present, our past. And he smashes the alarm clock with a hook. Ugh. How disturbing was that hook? Why Why did it have, like... The tongs? The, yeah, like, the like it just, like... Forceps? Yeah. Why was it surgically implanted in his arm? I... I didn't remember that part of the movie, like, from way back when. I would just thought he had, like, a little, you know. Like a sleeve? Yeah. Like a little, like, socket thing? It's the, it's after the, the hook when he, like, 
puts the the plastic hand. I was like, that is creepy. It was it was really gross. Like they never showed that again. He was always wearing a shirt with sleeves, or he had the rubber hand on top of it. But that hook thing, like, and you see his, yeah, that was uh, that was disturbing. And and I think that was like that's the only disturbing scenes out of the entire yeah. movie. And the movie doesn't stop with the hook gags or the hand gags. It's just those Throughout little, the whole movie. Yeah, it's those little things thrown in there. I'll <laughs> get you like a little cheap giggle. <laughs> and every time he has the the hand on, and if somebody like touches it or whatever, it squeaks. You ever notice the sounds oh, yeah. that it was making? Every anytime they like, he went to go shake hands. It's always that <laughs> one. And I'm just like, why not the other one? Oh my god! When he's leaving his his apartment, and his neighbors are like, Roy, can you get sick drinking piss? I think you can. Even if it's your own. And we meet Lynn Shay as a landlady, and I feel like that lady never gets older. Older. I feel like she's she, always been that age. She like just stays that same age. She plateaued. I had a Mandela effect where I remember the landlady played by Lynn Shea as being this like, pardon the term, whorish landlady mm-hmm. with like eyeshadow and like lipstick oh. and mascara and like blonde hair. I totally didn't remember or we're in a multiverse and it changed, but I didn't remember her being this like greasy haired, brown stained, From teeth, plain looking homely woman. What's like the dress pajama, like the old... The, like clung to her yeah. old body. Fun fact about this, though. This is my turn for fun facts. Okay. Fun facts brought to you by Isaac. Lin Shay is like the brother of one of the producers, and they actually kind of didn't want her for it. They wanted to look at other people. But she really wanted this role. And when she came for the audition for the Fairley Brothers, mm-hmm. they were trying to fend her off because they thought she was a homeless woman until they realized, oh, this is her? Because she came to the audition with the greasy hair and the, oh. the stained teeth and the outfit and everything. And and they're like, yeah, you, you got the part. That's how it's done. Yeah, that's and, pretty cool. And she is so gross and she, it works so she, well. She gave me the, ugh. And I wish we had more screen time with her. But every time she popped up where Roy like really doesn't want to go back and pay the piper, so to speak. And she keeps doing like the, you know, the tongue between the fingers. Like, ah. <laughs> it's so disgusting. So gross, like the ick. And now uh Roy is making his way to a bowling alley because he's like some sale, he's like some vendor. But I had a quick question. Cause some of the gags right out right from the get-go of like the movie with his hook, is he new to that hook? Because he keeps like tearing stuff off and breaking things and te- and ripping his clothes. It just seems like he just got it. Right? Yeah. And I'm just like, what? But you have to have those gags. Yeah. And he's trying to sell the bowling alley owner and all these things, and the guy's telling him no. And he's like, "Well, what about some uh, what about some fluorescent condoms? They're the they're the hula hoop of the '90s." Like again, this movie's so quotable and so silly with those lines. But after the bowling alley owner tells him, "Oh, we well, we don't have any novelty vending machines," you call this a bowling alley? He's distracted by the crash of pins yeah, falling cue, over. Yeah, cue that strike that just. And he hears those pins. Because Roy, as washed up uh, an alcoholic and ex-bowler as he is, still a bowler at heart. He still remembers all these things. And he hears that. He hears that potential. He turns around. And then we get to meet Randy Quaid as Ishmael Borg. It never is not funny seeing that Dutch boy haircut. Like, what was your reaction oh my, to it? I was like, oh. 
At first, I didn't think he was Amish. I thought he was like, mm, like a weirdo that just liked hanging out in in like bowling alleys yeah. and just like, you know, it's what I do. Like the, the version of the alcoholic during the day, just go instead of being at a bar, it's at a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. But when like later on, you see him on the bicycle going back, and I'm just like, he's Amish. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> explains the hair? Well, the bowling alley manager tells him, yeah, that guy's Amish. But Roy coaches him for a second and tells him where to step. And he hits a strike. And he's like, ah, sweeter than you who. And then he just leaves. He just like. He's no, like, no. He goes, uh, well, Mr. Munson, how do you know so much about bowling? And he shows him the hand. And he goes, look at that. It's like seven carat gold. Seven Kevin gold. Seven carat gold. Oh, really? I thought that looked like plastic. No, the ring, not the, the ring. hand. And they run that gag a handful of times. Oh, yeah. And then he takes off in a hurry. But right after he t- Ishmael tells him that uh, his bowling average is like 267, 270. And so Roy, he wants to coach this kid, you know, ride his coattails. So then he chases after him. And uh, at that point, he's, he's in his car and Ish is on his bicycle. And he's telling him, he's like, I, away. He's like I could be your manager. Why would a bowler need a manager? He's like, why would a bowler need a... And he's counting off all the reasons. Yeah. And every time he's doing that, his hand keeps squeaking, and it's like so disturbing because he's like it's bending. <laughs> he's bending the wrong, the fingers the wrong way. <laughs> the squeaks. I fucking love those hand gags. And then we cut to uh, Roy going back to his apartment, and he's helping the lady with the stroller. I noticed something on the rewatch when I was taking notes. Okay. His fly was down. It was <laughs> the whole entire time. So he looks like a creep. So his flies down. He's helping this lady uh, lift her, the stroller onto the curb. He fucking spills the coffee on the baby. He's like, ah, sorry. That'll come out. And the baby's that like, was hilarious. Bleh. And he's like petting the, the kid with like the claw hand. And then at that time, uh, the landlady's getting mugged by somebody. And I'm like, oh, That's shit. Right. What's gonna, is Roy going to run away? Like He plays it up really well. And he splashes the coffee in his face. Chases the guy off. He tells the landlady, like, ah, you know, nine times out of ten, I would have run the other way. But uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're all good. By the way, about the rent. Oh, no, no. Don't no. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Her wheezing, by the way, oh. was so disturbing. <gasps> and you don't have to worry about the rent. He's like, okay. And then he go, we cut to the part inside the apartment. And the mugger is there. It was a whole scam. Just so yeah. you can get away with some rent. And she's being a nice landlady. And is like, hey, I heard you like alcohol. And you're you son of a bitch. And he's like, what? Huh? Throws the even hotter coffee in his friend's face. That'll be oh. another 500. You bastard. Oh, yeah. No. Jumped out the window. Nah, these guys never learn. But it's what happens after. <laughs> did you expect this part? I did not. Because this is this is quoted a lot. No, I did not expect this part. She's freaking out. She's like, he's like, well, there's got to be something I can do to pay this friend. And she's like, no, 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 no. Well, maybe cue the sounds of silence. <laughs> and and panning back from Woody Harrelson, Roy, just vomiting. There it is. <laughs> And it pans back, and, and the landlady's laying in bed. Cigarette. And then she says, Oh, stop it, you. It wasn't that bad. Oh, my little Roy toy. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? You really guard something loose, Tiger. Oh, God. It's more vomit. I was like, okay. Oh, God. But that shot of her varicose veins, and she's like, oh. And her, her loose panties. You see some bush? He looks at it. He turns away. 
He vomits. vomits. I was like, where's my toilet? She throws a magazine at him, and you know, that's that moment where he realizes, oh, on the cover it says, like, oh, I could win a $1 million in Reno from bowling. Oh, yeah. So he has to make that money, goes back to the farm where Ish is mm-hmm. as Hezekiah Munson with a terrible fucking Irish Hezekiah. accent. <laughs> oh, I'm just uh, going into to Ohio and thought if he needed some butter churning. So he's sitting there. Ish comes in and he kisses the grandma on the face with her beard. Oh, God, I, don't, I didn't remember that. That took me I by saw, surprise. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> Taking the hair out of his mouth. Yeah. What a good, what a good little gag. And it's at that point, he takes him outside and he's like, look, they don't know about me bowling. Okay, my grandpa used to do that in secret. All right. They can't know. Please don't tell them. Yeah. And Ish, Ish is like, you better just take off now. Because if you're here tomorrow morning, we're going to expect you to work. And, and we do things uh, like ha- mm-hmm. half as more than, than everyone else. You know, where you guys do eight-hour shifts, we do 12-hour shifts. But he stayed. Yeah, you cut to the morning, and the kid's like, ah, the bed's made. But I think he took off. And it turns out he got off early to go mm. warm up the cow and get her started. Morning! Yeah, I hope you don't mind. I got up a little early, so I took the liberty of milking your cow for you. Yeah, it took a little while to get her warmed up. She sure is a stubborn one. Whew. We don't have a cow. We have a bull. As he's drinking from this bucket, I brush my teeth. What other movie? I think National Lampoon's uh, Van Wilder, probably with the a cum drinking gag, and he just spits it out. He's like, "I'll uh. go brush my teeth." <laughs> no, like gagging. He's just like, "I'm just gonna go brush oh, yeah, my okay. teeth." But sometimes you're just so disgusted with yourself yeah. when he guzzle cum. Not that I would know. What was your thought on that? I think that's the part where I laughed. I think I was broken for a bit. Were you like, okay, I'm in, I'm in for it? Yeah. Because that's got to be weird for you where, like, you, you're watching a movie that people are, it's a cult classic, it's critically acclaimed, whatever, people love it, but you're like, oh, yeah, but do I love it? Because it's in the 90s, so it's a, it's dated. Well, it got me with the music in the beginning, like, great. Right? Great music, by the way. It did. I was. So much good music. You, you saw me dancing over here, I was like, mm-hmm. mm. oh, my God. And when they put him to work. Oh, uh, Raising the Barn? Yeah. You know what I love about the 90s? A good montage. There's like four or five montages in this movie. Yeah. I fucking love it. And he runs off to the dinner bell at mid raising the barn <laughs> and it drops and there and what is it? Thomas, which is uh Ish's brother, is pissed. Yeah. And Roy is I don't like I know where you're from, but here we we don't run to run dinner bell. We finish what we do. Well, you you know what they say about uh not forgiving. Uh, well, why don't you tell us what it what they say in the Bible? Well, you know, it, it's it's against it, <laughs> Dick. Oh my God! But this disturbing. I I think the second most disturbing scene is when uh, Ish and Roy are in the barn, and again, he's Roy's trying to conv- convince them, like, "Come on, we got to do this. We could split. Go. We could split the one million dollars right down the middle." And at that point, the dad comes in. He's like, "Can I come talk to you outside, Ish?" And he does, but he's like, Roy, can you can you go ahead and uh, reshoot Buttercup? And Buttercup's this giant fucking horse. Oh my God! Think about. Budweiser horses. Oh, what are they called? Uh, Clydesdale. Holy shit, that was a big fucking horse, which made this next part even more heartbreaking. Oh, it did. As in the foreground, outside of the barn, Ish is talking with his dad about uh, the bank. They're going to foreclose on like the whole property. They mm-hmm. need $500,000. It was a fuck ton of money. In the back, you hear the horse neighing, and you hear 
a saw going. I'm like, oh, this is so dark. And then Roy comes out and he's like, Hi, took some doing, but I finally got them off. Where do you keep the new shoes? What, I got a, got a bug hanging? Yeah? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Uh. You would have to kill a horse if that really happened. Yeah. But but later on in the movie, when they cut they cut to the horse, it's like a miniature horse. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like yeah, okay. And so Ish knows that he has to save his his home. Mm-hmm. So he goes off with the Englishman, who Roy at that point already reveals himself leaves, to be yeah. this fucking scumbag. And what is it? The the girl he has a crush on, Miss Rebecca. She's like, please. Don't don't let the the English taint your soul or whatever. Yeah. And then they run off, and immediately Roy's trying to get him to smoke. Oh my! This fucking line, when Ish is is telling him, "Well, it's bad for you, you know, it'll kill you," and then Roy says, "Is that right? Who's done more research on the subject than the good people at the American tobacco industry? They say it's harmless. Why would they lie? If you're dead, you can't smoke." <laughs> it's typical 90s uh, smoking propaganda. Smash cut to they're at the bowling alley, and and Ish has a. Sorry, I can't, I can't stop laughing. Smash cut, they're at the bowling alley, and Ish has a cigarette in his mouth. And Roy's like, Do you want a coffee? He's like, No, no, I can't do stimulants. And he's like, Well, what do you think cigarettes are? By the way, this movie made me want to like have a cigarette because in every other scene, people were smoking. Like in the 90s, 90s was like the end of being able to smoke inside. Yeah. If you've been in a bowling alley and it smells like cigarettes, there's something nice to it. I don't think I, I remember if I... Do you remember the, the bowling alley in Santa Fe Springs? Where yeah. now there's like an Aldi? I didn't go there. Oh, dude. we used I, went, to, I went to the Whitwood one. We used to go there all the time. There's, there's so much to this movie. Like I, I know I'm going into so much detail, but like... It's so worth it. Like, I get excited with these stupid jokes. I want to try to keep it simple, but fuck, I don't want to miss anything at the same time. Because it's like the the stupid joke of um, after Ish agrees to have a coffee, he's like, okay, well, I'll take an extra large with two sugars, lots, lots of cream. Lots of cream. Like, he's drinking coffee yeah. before. So then there's a montage, and they lose the game. They lose to the, the club players. Mm-hmm. And then Ish is like... Well, you know, you guys with your 10 frames, 10 frames. He goes, yeah, I told you we do things half as more than, than you guys. We do 15 frames. We used to play 15 frames with my grandfather. <laughs> 10 frames. It's for Quakers. It's Hilarious. silly. It's stupid, but I love those jokes. At that point, Roy is like, I fucked up. And he's going to dump them off. Now they're like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they're driving at the bridge. And, and Ish is like, I can't go back home. I can't. I can't show my face in town anymore. I'll be a failure. Yeah, and so he he jumps out of the car. He's like, I, I'm just gonna go wander. I'm gonna. I'll walk to Reno, and then Ish tells him like, Well, I I sooner be Munson than show my face. And he goes, What'd you say? That's when you learn that the the term Munson, his last name, is something that means like, Well, to be left up creek without a paddle. Yeah, and that, he's like, Oh, and it gets used like a handful of times throughout the movie. It is a it's a more subtle thing in that movie that's so fucked up. Like, dang, talk about like having to relive your failures of having the world at your fingertips and just fucking it all and up. Bam. I still blame bigger big urn. It's a sleaze bug. And then Roy looks in the the, the rear view and sees the landlady. Ah. He's like, okay, uh, uh, uh get back uh, in. Yeah. Uh, that was just uh months in one oh one. And then <laughs> the thing that you had said was, Oh my god, Randy Quaid. Looks like our friend Doug. 
He's like the same height. Oh, and he's standing. Yeah, he's he has the same stance. like slunch, uh, uh, hunched like hands on the fists on the hips. Yeah, and kind of like shoulders rounded for like yeah. forward. Dude, oh. I couldn't get that out of my head. I was like, oh my god, Doug, are you Randy Quaid's kid? <laughs> what if he is? What if he is? Oh, Does he, he have royalties? He doesn't listen to this podcast, so he wouldn't know. Doug, if you listen to this podcast, comment pineapple. <laughs> and not the emoji. Remember I said like the montage? Mm-hmm. And then we have another montage and he's coaching him. And there's like little jokes here and there. Like the the nut shot. Like why is he sitting on the ball return? Oh, and yeah. The, and he gets hit in the balls. Classic 90s nut shot comedy. But, but the scene that I have to fucking mention is where they're in the bathroom. And Ish is talking with Roy. And... He's like, oh, he's looking at a, a news thing. He's like, oh, English bulldog with one testicle for only $500. You think you'd get both. And he's like, look, I'm not going to answer all your questions, okay? He's like, look, I can handle stuff for myself. Cut back. And he's crapping in the urinal. Like, nobody says he's, anything. Yeah, no no one says anything. <laughs> they, they just There's two other people just using the other two. We, we just had dinner with my brother, and he works for Parks and Recreations. And he, I remember him telling me a story of... Uh, he went to go clean one of the bathrooms and somebody is shit in the urinal. Uh, so maybe there was an Amish around. Probably. So now they don't have any money. They have to get to Reno. So they tried doing the whole dictionary scam and it goes to pot. But again, this movie's fucking quotable and Ish doesn't drink. And the whole the whole thing of the scam is like their, his partner is drunk. He's like, sorry, my friend's bombed here. And the bartender goes, you get that way when you drink ginger ale? Oh, no, he was... Sniffing glue in the parking lot. <laughs> They're like, oh, all right. Yeah, so now we go to, what is it, Stan's house. And fucking 90s villains, right? With the guy liner and the skunk hair. Oh, my God. And the slacks. And always oh, with the suit. The turtleneck. Yeah. Ah, the freaking oh, the the turtleneck. turtleneck. That's how you know you're a bad guy. Oh, you had a good reaction from this scene. They're bowling, and Ish is kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. And he has to bowl three strikes in a row to win. And he gets the two. But on the third, Claudia, because we already met Claudia, she tries to help Stan out, the bad guy, by like going to the fridge and getting them a couple beers. And she turns around. She's in this like gorgeous white dress. Mm-hmm. And the nipples are hard. <laughs> I don't remember the Pepperoni. detail. Pepperoni nipples. No, no, but her nipples. Oh. I didn't remember the details of her nipples of like the areola bumps. That was such an attention to detail that like added he- to it. And then she goes, oh, my gosh, where are my manners? Roy, did you want one? <laughs> he goes, oh. And then Ish goes, oh, sorry. It's okay, Miss Claudia. I'll get it. And then Ish goes to it. He's also wearing a, a white top. And he turns around. Same thing. Baloney man nipples. Oh, my God. With the, the, with the detail, too. <laughs> the dark baloney man nipples. The bumps, too. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Anyways, he gets the last strike. He gets the last strike. He wins. Uh, Stan's pissed off about it. Claudia fucking... You know, you don't talk shit about your own man. He takes her to the back room, smacks her up, you hear it. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's really fucked up. But she gets him back because um, as he's paying, as he comes back, Stan comes back out and he's paying Roy. Roy kind of accidentally shows that he wasn't really playing with real money. He had like a $100 bill wrapped over a stack of 100 of um, Monopoly money. Monopoly money. Bit of a dick move per scams. And they're going to cut Ish's hand off, make his left hand look like his right hand. And then the lights go out and Claudia, after getting smacked around, because she's a badass. She's an absolute oh, yeah. badass. She's nothing short of it. Uh, she helps them out. They run out. Cue Goldfinger, Superman. 
That made me want to play Tony Hawk. But they played that song twice after another escape. I, I did notice, yeah. yeah. It was the escape music. The getaway music. Good music in this fucking movie. It, it, good music. Cars, I miss 90s car stunts, like practical stunts. When they're escaping and the fucking car like ramps over the hill and just oh. bam lands with some sparks. But the oh my god, I laughed. I remember laughing so hard where Roy's telling Claudia, because she's the one driving like a fucking maniac, mm-hmm. and he's like, just just calm down. Look, the kid back there is calm and Ish's face is like completely stuck in terrified mode. Eyes open, wide. <laughs> White knuckling. <laughs> and then we get like a little cutscene. Of of uh, Thomas Ishmael's brother, uh, getting sent off to go, go collect. Go, go bring him back. Why? They didn't I, say. I think he he went without permission. No, he went with permission. He went with permission. Yeah. Oh, I maybe he was taking a little bit too long. He was barely gonna come. He had to go to Reno. So uh, that one was uh, just kind of sort of like wedged in there, but. It, it was whatever. The thing is, it didn't really lend to much of the story. Because then, like, later on in the movie, he does get him. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, a little joke in there. But then that's that. Was it just to sort of, like, motivate Roy in his, like, his depression? Because, again, spoiler alert, Roy loses against uh, Bigger and McCracken towards the end. Was it just for that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're, they're now, all the three of them are at a, a bar. That whole scene is so funny. Because the thing about Ish is... He is literal. He's a very literal character. He, d- he doesn't know much. He doesn't know anything. Even something like, you know, dancing with another dude's girl, girl. which I blame her because she asked for the dance. Hey, handsome, right? Oh, yeah. He said handsome, not handless. Sorry, sorry. Quotable movie. Um, I just found this in research, and I don't know much about sports, but apparently uh, that girl's boyfriend, Skidmark, was played by pitcher Roger Clemens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's also um, pro athletes in there, mm-hmm. but we'll get to that one. When Skidmark's friends are circling-ish, that guy going, you want to kiss someone? Kiss these. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And then Roy comes to save the day, but he's not going to kick all these guys' asses. No. So he looks at him and goes, take that, you freaky piece of shit. You don't mow another guy's lawn. All right. All right. And, and then cuts into the car. They're driving away, and Claudia's taking care of Ish. And he's like, well, they would have they would have eaten him alive yeah, or torn, torn him, him apart. apart. So thanks I get. You didn't have to have beers with him afterwards. Well, I didn't want them to think that we were in cahoots. Oh, I think you cleared that up when you rubbed Tabasco in his eyes. He's all there laying miserably. He's like, eh. But at this point, Roy then agrees that Miss Claudia is gonna gonna help out. Yeah. Ish is none the wiser to what Roy's up to. And he's like if only I could see you, Mr. Munson, I'd kiss you. Like, Ish really loves Roy. Yeah, the, he had, like, a connection with he him. Re- he really looks up to him, and, like, but but Roy's too much of a dirtbag, too much of a washout. Yeah. And cue another montage, a bowling montage, and they're they're making their money. They're playing a bunch of money games. And now they have Claudia, this hot thing, gorgeous. Oh, my God. Gorgeously dressed. Bowling one where she's, like, a different, uh, everything was a different dress or a different thing until... Until there was one where um, she had like this little two piece, like uh, shorts and a little top, and it's not doing anything for the guy bowling, and they're just going the farmer. Go- and there was a, it was like a group of farmers, and it wasn't until um, Ishmael was like, "Ah, 
little light bulb pop from here, gets a sheep, and yeah. they're like <laughs> distracts him oh. with the sheep, implying yes that the farmers fuck sheep. Yes, yes. A good old farmer sheep fucking joke. But at this point now, Ish is now being swayed by all these things. Now he's smoking. He still is not drinking yet, but now they're at the strip club. And now he's dressing differently. He has this like pork pie oh, hat. Yeah. And like he looks like a real 90s hip hop. You know what he looks like? The One of the bullies in uh, Hocus Pocus in the beginning. Ice. <laughs> oh, in that montage scene, I fucking forgot and I died laughing. When uh, the old ladies that they played against couldn't mm-hmm. pay up, so they fucking took her her scooter, her rascal. Oh my god! And they're just driving away with it on the dicks, <laughs> not on the roof, but like the, the trunk on the back. Yeah. Even Claudia didn't stop them. I'm like, oh, she's as much of a dirtbag. And then when they're running out, they're trying to run out on Claudia because Roy doesn't trust her, but she's smart. She's really street smart. Again, oh yeah, a badass. And she's sleeping in the car that they're trying to escape into, and. Roy tries to convince Ish. The army evacuated everybody. Evacuated? A uh, big uh, military train derailed, and this whole area is in danger of being contaminated by a huge cloud of shit. A huge cloud of shit? Wow. God, I think I smell it. Come on, let's go. Come on, Mr. Munson. Hey, everybody, there's a shit cloud coming. Run for your lives. <laughs> cloud of shit coming. I, from what I heard in my research, that the fight scene between Claudia and Roy, when he finally stoops to her level, and mm-hmm. she beats the shit out of him. Oh, Th- yeah. That fighting scene was was pretty good. The stunts in it, like the, the fucking flipping her upside down, slamming her on the thing. The punching her in her boobs. <laughs> the animatronic tit punching, punching <laughs> that you can only have in 90s yeah. films. You can't have that nowadays. No. Ah, where's your old good old tit punching fight scene? But from what I heard tell is like that was up there as like one of the good fight scenes of whenever the Oscars were that year. Mm-hmm. I think it was up against like Fight Club and I can't remember the other one. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And I think Fight Club might have just won it. But it was a funny fight though. And then Ish runs off because his friends are fighting. He leaves you guys note. aren't my friends. Yeah. And there's there's like one or two. There's at least two references to things that if you if you saw that movie in that era, you would get it. Mm-hmm. And me being a little bit more cultured. I was like, oh, I know what this is from. But when Ish is, is walking down the highway and there's a truck full of natives like hooping and hollering and they throw a bag of trash in front of him and it slowly pans up to Ish crying one single tear. And you're like, huh? And I look, turn to you, I go, don't you know where that's from? You're like, no. I go, well, back in the 70s, there was these PSAs where it was a Native American cleaning up trash by the side and somebody dumps trash and does the same thing, tear. That was the joke. They also do that in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that too. So it was it was one of those oh they also do it in Wayne's world. So now they're they're on their way to look for Ishmael. Yeah. And uh you know, drinking and driving is a thing in the nineties, I suppose. Oh yeah. And they're <laughs> stopping at different places. Have you seen this guy with a guy? A little dumb looking. Yeah. And then they're passing through his like childhood town, so they take a little bit of a detour and they like yeah. check it out and stuff. But at this point, like Claudia's kind of coming around and, being nicer. Yeah, because like they're, you know. They're kind of, uh, they're both street people and they realize they got to drop their guards and like trust in one another. Because again, they keep referring to Ishmael as the kid. And it's so fucking funny. Like, I remember watching this movie. I'm like, how old is Ish supposed to be? I don't know how, how old he is. <laughs> they never say, but he like no. doesn't have a beard. He's all smooth shaven. So that you learn more about Roy. Like, yeah. he hadn't been back in his hometown 
for and, like 17 years. Yeah, and the the old Munson service shop is like it's gone. Done for and he's sitting by his old bowling set or whatever and he chucks the, the watch that his dad gave him. And I was like, "Dang, that's really he's really given up. Apparently his dad died like 10 years prior." Yeah, and he didn't even have the the guts to come back. Because he took a 180 from what his dad told him to be. Yeah. But they take off and they find him. Where, where do they find Ishmael? A strip club. At Stiffy's. Are there strip um, clubs around? That, or the names are on the nose? I don't think so. You have to pay extra to get it on yeah. the nose. And what was he doing? Stripping. He had some moves. I'm not going to lie. He did. Yeah. Did it move for you? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> that whole tongue thing on the pole is like, oh, God. <laughs> so gross. And then they escape and then another Superman song comes on. Oh, that's right. But when he's running, he's like has the... <laughs> <laughs> he still has his... Makeup. As they're driving away, like that makeup on his face looks so gross. He's still in his bikini. It's so gross, but it's so good. Like the... <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Wow, his eyeshadow. His blush. Really working for him-ish. Another montage scene. They're, well, they're pranks. driving. They're driving. They're dancing. Uh, the, the pranks were the whole whipped cream thing. And Ish does it back to Roy. And he, like, breaks his nose. At the the one part was so fucking funny. I was like, oh, do do uh, Amish people do this? Claudia pops open a bottle of bubbly. Offers it to him. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. All, like, disgusted face. Cut to he has an 18-inch bong. And he's just, just like ripping, ripping bowls out of that thing. And they're just like, what? Now they're finally in Reno. These kinds of comedies, like throw in however many jokes per minute, that the sequel to Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels mm-hmm. had way too many jokes per minute. This movie was pretty well paced with the jokes. So it let you enjoy those things like... Jefferson's on ice. Look at that. I love Sherman Elmsley. But they, they wake up afterwards because I guess they... TV have, land. TV land. They had like a bender. And then Ish sees a tattoo on his chest. He freaks oh out. Oh my God, he freaks. Poor guy. And it's just like a little small, maybe like... It was a, a shamrock. Yeah, it's like maybe like a little nickel-sized shamrock. And then afterward, he kind of comes around to it and he's like, ah, I guess it's not that bad. But then he turns around and then the tattoo on his back. Yeah. He goes, what? <laughs> it's like this big old... What was it? It's like a busty lady. Yeah. And then they enter the casino, and then you bump into Chris Elliott, who everyone know him as Woogie in Something About Mary, or later on as Rolling Shit in Schitt's Creek. This part threw me off, because I was like, wait, I don't remember him being in this movie. Like, what the fuck is his role? You know, he has, like, like a beautiful head of hair, and he's, like, yeah. this really rich gambler, and, you know, he notices the three... After uh, Ish get, like grabs the blows on the dice yeah. and rolls a good number because he's uh, very like doesn't know what's going on, so he yeah. grabs the dice and he just does it. But Chris Elliott is another person who plays like a gross weasel scumbag yeah. really well, and he like licks his lips and he looks at them and like nothing comes of it until afterwards. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. I think after that, what they bump into Big Earn, and at this point. Bigger and has lost most of his hair, and then he has like the whole floppy hair thing. Oh yeah, because he's trying to comb it over, and it's just horrible. And just reminds you of how much of a dick he is. He tells Roy, "I heard a horrible rumor. Oh, creepy. I'm sorry. 
You know, for the first couple years, I felt responsible. <laughs> How you been otherwise? He just kind of like keeps bashing on them, but he kind of like also like hits on the on the girls that are walking by. Oh, constantly. Like, yeah. And he was with Claudia. Oh yeah, I he's an ex of Claudia. Yeah, because yeah. that's how how they start. It's like Claudia, and she's like, Ugh. Ugh. So he keeps poking and prodding, and Ish in the past doesn't want to fight people, but since he loves Roy so much, he breaks that rule. And he like disrespected Miss Claudia. And so he goes, yeah, and so he goes to punch Big Urn. But he ducks and hits the pillar, and then breaks his hand. Oh yeah. Like, oh dude. So then, of course, later Roy has to play in the the Reno competition mm -hmm. with a rubber hand. Could you play with a rubber hand? I don't think I so. I don't think so. I thought he no would way. be like using his left hand. Because when you bowl, you actually have to like let go with your fingers, and his hand doesn't move. It's just like a, a rubbery, just, stiff, static, yeah. squeaky thing. We go back, and then Miss um, Claudia's Stan. Stan. The X, yeah. Yeah, the ex comes back while she's uh, up in the room, mm -hmm. and just basically tells her like. Let's go. Like, kind of blackmails her in a way. Takes the money. No, he threatens to to beat the shit out of Roy and Ish. Oh, that's right. And she's like, well, let me save those two boys who I love now. Mm -hmm. And let me just convince Stan that I love him again. And then we'll take the $42,000 that we made gambling. And then we'll run off with him. And, and, he, and she does. And they do. And when uh, Roy and Ish come back, they're so pissed because... Roy's like, fuck, I was wrong. My my judgment barometer was off. It was like I was trusting people again. Uh -huh. I was turning my life around. And so they're bummed out and they're drinking at the bar. And Roy's like, what are we going to do? Like, we have $42,000 we just lost out on. You have a broken hand. So who's going to bowl? And it's just like, I'm not going to bowl. You are. You are such a loser. You're a bona fide schmuck. Look at me. But what happens within that? Oh, Roy has a fantasy, which I thought wasn't a fantasy. Uh, same. Until like after it's like he's like. Bleh. He looks in the, he looks in the glass and and Chris Elliott, the guy with the suave hair, he comes up and he's like, I have a proposal for you two. I want you two to sleep with one another. Yeah. For a million dollars. A million dollars. And I was like, wait, that's that's uh, the plot to the movie Indecent Proposal. I know. Demi Moore is in it, and I know Robert Redford is that Chris Elliott character, but I was like, wait, who plays a person? And I looked into it, and it was Woody Harrelson, like referencing his own movie. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but then it turns out it was just a, it was a, uh, a dream, a fever dream, yeah, a drunken fever like a dream. little yeah, passed out on the bar. It was a weird, I think it was like a weird out of nowhere like setup just to make that indecent proposal joke. Yeah, but what convinces Roy to to go forward and actually bowl is they see commercial playing. <laughs> I'm Bernie McCracken. When I found out little Billy here was growing up without a daddy, I had to do something. When Bigger and saw our picture in the paper, he called the Unified Fund and got involved. I had to. I couldn't help myself. There's also a little Jason here. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, Mr. McCracken's already there. <laughs> it's a tough world. These kids nearly got Munson. Through the Unified Fund, I found out that if you give a little, you can get back a whole lot more. So gross. Oh, God. I'm not going to quote any of those ones. It's just so no. demeaning. So they enter the championship. It's, you know, kind of like that scene in, in the 1979. 
And he's walking in like, yeah, I got the mojo. And he picks up someone's pizza to eat it. And the guy's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Give me that back. Yeah. Because he's a nobody now. He's nobody. I love the line. Ish goes, wow, it's so intimidating to be surrounded by some pro athletes. And they pan around and it's like all the bowlers are like fat and they're drinking beer and eating oh, pizza. Yeah. It's like that and golf are the only two sports and billiards. You we can just it. You can be like completely out of shape. Oh, yeah. Uh, fun fact, the announcer, the master ceremonies mm-hmm. is John Popper, who is a singer of the Blues Travelers Band, who like oh. later at the end of the movie, they dress up like Amish garb. Yes, yes. And they're playing like oh, the yeah. outro stuff. That's that's a good band, by the way. I didn't know much about Blues Traveler until I was listening to the Heidi and Frank show on 95.5 KLOS. And they, uh, yeah, they were playing some songs and uh, went down the rabbit hole. It's a fucking good band. Good music throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I like it. And then you finally get to see Roy start to bowl. And he has so many doubts of himself about himself. And he's looking back at the crowd where Ish is. <laughs> the landlady's face is superimposed on Ish's body. Oh. <laughs> he's like, Ugh. And it works. And he does a fucking fantastic job. Gross. More hand gags, by the way, of like him, his hand popping off. And then you, you get Bill Murray again. And then he had another montage, the whole bowling competition mo- montage. Oh, yeah. But the the part that I love, and not only is this movie quotable, but it has been memeable. And the bit where Roy's getting interviewed. So, Roy Munson, you, what have you been, been all, all these years? years? And then he says, uh, Well, the, the uh, after after the hand, I, there, there, no, there was the 80s, uh, you know, for a while, I, drinking. Yeah, a lot of lot of drinking. Are you still drinking? No, 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 no. I, I don't. That's that's behind me now. I just. Why are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> Another little fun fact. Earlier, you brought up uh, golfers. Mm-hmm. There was two pro golfers, Billy Andrade and Brad uh, Faxon, that appeared in the crowd oh. just to be members in the crowd. Did you know that that back row of the audience was cardboard cutouts? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that either. Did you know that uh, most of the extras for that uh, was like just friends or family? Because no they, they didn't want to, uh, they didn't pay people, uh, audition for people to like. Oh, that's good. It was a good crowd, though. It was. I, I was like, oh, is this like a, a real, did they like cut in on a, an actual tournament? Because the, the ESPN hosts were real ESPN hosts. Yeah. Those ESPN hosts even compared. Big Earn. Oh, Big Earn has done to bowling what Muhammad Ali has done for boxing. It's such a oh shit comparison. Oh, my God. And at this point, like, Claudia is still with Stan at yeah, the bar. And she sees Roy playing on ESPN. Drinking. And, and she's I, like. Mm. I think at that point she gets inspired to, like, do her thing and get back to the boys. Which she but, doesn't do until, like, fucking way late. Towards the end of the movie. Yeah. But I think she waits for her time. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, what she's doing behind the scenes is she's scamming stan so she can get the fuck out of her she's waiting for him to win that bet what bet he bet against against uh, roy my favorite freaking part of the montage is just bill murray's hair it like completely goes out of whack and it's just like hanging off of his head he is comedy gold like i love his showmanship he doesn't miss a beat at all and how much of a dick no, he is he's just there also um as they're going through the tournament and uh, they're beating 
the bowlers uh-huh. and they're kind of like you know yeah. doing that thing where like your name's going higher and stuff yeah. uh the the bowlers that uh, uh Roy defeats are pro bowlers okay uh Mark Roth and Randy Peterson so they have like a little bit of pro athletes cameo whole, yeah but you wouldn't know unless you watched or pay attention to that. I, I wouldn't know now. The only bowler I could probably name is Billy Hardwick, which is Chris Hardwick. King nerd, Chris Hardwick's dad. The dad. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back to the game. Back to the movie. Rory picks up the seven ten split. Fucking nails it. And then at that point, Thomas, Ish's brother, finally pops up. Oh, yeah. And I love I love the struggle that, uh, that Ish has about it. He's like, I'm not leaving over my dead body and he goes no, but we gotta go he goes okay okay no fight all right <laughs> and then unfortunately bigger and fucking wins with bill murray actually getting three strikes in a row so that reaction that crowd reaction mm-hmm. bill murray's reaction is like is real it's su- it's like it's yeah all that ecstaticness it- <laughs> that three stooges run on the floor oh yeah is hilarious <laughs> and what a dick he goes to shake Roy's hand. He pulls his hand off and throws it to the crowd. And did you catch when, when uh, Bigger and celebrating? He's like, I, I can buy the law now. I'm above the law. I oh, can buy yeah. my way out of anything. What an asshole. Yeah, like he's going to, like he has more things planned out for himself. Evil. I want to see, did they ever do a sequel? I want to see something. I would love to have seen something where they have done like an immediate sequel with Bill Murray. There's not an immediate sequel, but I, while I was researching... Um, Roy does get his hand back, by the way. Oh, yeah. By the janitor. <laughs> yeah, he stays afterwards. He's all fucking bummed. In 2021, I guess there was talks about uh, a sequel. And that's like during the time where people were trying to do the requels, like mm-hmm. rebooting the sequels or... I mean, hell, when did... Uh, you don't have to look this one up, but like Dumb and Dumber 2 came out 20 years after Dumb and Dumber 1. With the original cast. Eh, I don't want to see my actors getting that old. I don't mm-hmm. want to have my sequels 20 years after. Yeah. You know? Like I we th- talked about it with the Halloween. Oh, yeah. Those. I think it's because it, just the movie didn't do well in theaters. That it probably wasn't offered a sequel. Well, you would imagine, though, like it being having enough of a cult following that, I don't know, something would have happened. But yeah. I think the Fairley brothers kind of like split from doing movies together. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that Peter Fairley ended up doing The Green Book with Marshall Ali. Peter Farley, I was actually a Woody Harrelson's roommate. No kidding. Oh, Fun fact. Fun fact. With all the... Hey, hey, you leave the production up to me. I, I, okay. Now Roy's like... Roy's in the gutter. <laughs> Roy's in the gutter. <laughs> and he gets jumped by Stan and the goon because he's like, where's Claudia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know anything about Claudia. But it's that stupid thing where like he, he, he could have gotten killed, but he's like, well, maybe did you ever think that it was your fault? Because maybe, maybe it was my fault. And we all learned a lesson to take responsibility. Yeah. Silly. And then uh, what is it? One week later. She pops up. She comes back as Roy is like, he's now sober. He's oh, jumping yeah. out. He's jumping out with alcohol. All of, all of his shelves. I did not know that was. <laughs> oh, all the cabinets. That reminds me of my 20s. I thought, by the way, that, that her coming back was a dream sequence. Really? Because it was out of nowhere. I'm like, why wait that long? Why come now? And did you ever know where he lived? I thought it was Ishmael coming and knocking on the door. I thought so too. But she was offering him half of the money or however much uh, left it was. And he and he shows her the check from Trojan. Because uh, during the competition, by the way, they were calling him Rubberman because of his hand. Oh, yeah. 
And so he just has to go around and do like talks and stuff like that as rubber man for $500,000. That ain't too shabby. But he doesn't want to split that money with her, but they still kind of make up and then they go back to the farm for it with Ish and not with Ish. So then they for go for Ish. Yeah, so then they go back to the farm for Ish and Ish is surprised that they're there and the dad is like, "They told me about everything that had happened, the drinking, the gambling, and how you saved them." And he really <laughs> did. Like, yeah. Ish is such a good guy through and through and like, yeah, he was like kind of turning to the proverbial dark side mm-hmm. a little bit. With the drinking and the smoking and the bongs and the stripping and the tattoos and the... Should I stop now? Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like uh, this whole um, travel with, with Roy was like his... Um, what is it that they do when they leave? Oh. The Rumspringer? Yeah, Rumspringer. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. But yeah, you know, the Lord saves. And then the dad lets him know that, that Roy paid the bank and they saved the land and he helped out and they're proud of him very proud of him and and i'm proud of of ish of Mm -hmm. like not turning more toward the dark side and yeah you know he dabbled he had his rumspringa like you said yeah but he does a duck stand again he stands with his hands on his hips again you too i gotta keep my eyes on you i swear to god i'm pretty sure i heard doug speak exactly like that i'm pretty sure i don't know if he's (laughs) Quoting this movie, or that's how he is. But at if, this point, Douglas, if you listen this far, comment two pineapples. Then, then there's a touching moment between uh, Ish and Roy, and Roy's quoting what Ish had said before about like some centurion thing, and you know, finding their way. And Ish looks at him blankly and goes, "What? Yeah, I'm sorry, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. What a dummy. I love him." And then Claudia apparently like picked up the watch after Roy had threw it back in, in his childhood. Town. Oh yeah, and she's like, "I got it running for you." He's like, "Wow, that's awesome! You, you really did fixed it." Yeah, I wound it. Oh, there's a winder on this thing. Him and his dad. The whole time it worked, and they just didn't know what to do. The whole time. The whole time. And Roy and Claudia kiss, and they they ride off into the sunset. They're good for each other, I think. And then you have to have a fairly brothers moment. Credits and blues travelers in Amish garb. Songs of fucking banger. Montage, the last montage of the movie of them all dancing. And then the credits after. Oh, and then a blooper of uh, Lynn Shay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She's going off on it. She just. Different directions. <laughs> okay, cut. <laughs> and that's it. We saw, or I saw Kingpin again, and you saw Kingpin for the first time. Yes, yes. Now, one thing before I ask you the Rotten Tomatoes score is it didn't have a good following immediately. Like we sort of, you know, heavy handed hinted at, at everything. Again, $32.2 million it made. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. And they, the Farley Brothers, Farley Brothers, Farley Brothers considered it like a flop. They were super bummed out by it. But again, once it hit the, the shelves, the VHS, it became an immediate cult following. And people fucking love this movie to this day. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's fucking hilarious. There's never not a moment that's I, not funny. I wouldn't mind watching it later on. Nice. Right on. Yeah. Dude. 
Give it like a couple months or so. I'm teaching you all the good stuff. Oh my goodness. So it's now my turn to guess the Rotten Tomato score. Okay, well, what would you? I personally would have given this movie a 70 out of 100. And is that as a tomato meter or the audience? No, me personally. Okay. Um, I think that the Rotten Tomato meter critics, I think that they gave it a 50. And I think that the audience score gave it a 60, 70. Ooh. Okay. You're very close with the tomato meter. Yes. Okay. They gave it a 49. Critics? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, an audience score gave it a 69. Dude, can we give myself some fucking credit you, you of like, like how close I've been to all of these things? So thank you. You know, you guys, I try my best. I put this stuff together. I try to perceive these movies in a professional way. And oh, where did the audience go? I told him to go away. I have final cut. God damn it. <laughs> um, what were your thoughts about this movie overall? Other than like, you know, you know obviously you would suggest people to go see it and you're going to rewatch it. That's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, no, uh, I would uh, I would uh, make sure that they watch it, uh, you know, if they have their downtime, watch it. Yeah. Yeah, especially if they haven't seen it. Like, again, like I said, this these types of comedies, I don't think you can do them nowadays. It, it They belong in the 90s, and I'm glad that we had had them. And we can at least we can at least rewatch them and enjoy them because they happened in the nineties. Definitely, yeah. So at least we have them to stream. Uh, where did we watch this one on? HBO. HBO. Oh, Ma- I'm sorry, sorry, Max. Max. I'm sorry, come at us, Max. But it made me want to go bowling. Oh man, it's been a while since we've been bowling. You're pretty good. Yeah. You're pretty good. You know that. Mm-hmm. I bowl against you any day. Okay. Any other final words? No, that's about it. Well, let's do what we do and let's wrap this shit up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our ADHD-ness and our goofiness. This has been yet another episode of You Haven't Seen That. I'm Isaac. And I'm Alva. Check us out on our social media at Forehead Films, F-O-R-E-H-E-D, Films. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Again, we don't just do these things, but we also do movie reviews. And I know we've been busy like with podcasts and other stuff, but the some of the recent reviews that we've had out is Exorcist Believer, uh, video review on that. We did the the Hype Attack did the a review on the creator. Yes. And then yes. Uh, soon we're gonna review Five Nights at Freddy's. So stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned for that one. So check out special us. guest. Yeah, special guest. Oh my gosh, yeah, new people. So in the meantime though, folks. Why don't you hit us up in the comments, in the DMs. Tell us what the next movie should be. Yeah, tell it. Ooh. Yeah. Let us know. We'll, we'll see if we've seen it or not. But in the meantime, also tell us what movies you missed that have people asking the question. You, you haven't, haven't seen, seen that? that? Later, folks. Bye. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.